You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. I almost said 96. They want to give them an extra calorie. 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in this episode. And my guest today is someone that I will always feel in debt to. It is Gerald Glassford from the Lakers Fast Break. He's my pod father. He introduced me to the podcasting game and had me on as a guest for on, on his podcast a little bit more than a year ago. And it kind of got me involved. And, and, and here I am today on, on Locked On, which is, in my opinion, one of the best platforms. So I had to have him on today. And we're going to talk about his L.A. Lakers. Gerald, how is everything going? First of all, are you staying cool in Las Vegas? Barely, my friend. Barely. It's cooled down a little bit from the high 100 teens. It's now actually about 105, 106, which is still pretty hot. But yeah, doing okay. But my friend, the debt has been repaid many times over. You're just doing a sensational job, and I'm so happy for all your success. Thank you. Yeah, what's interesting is that I live in Dallas. Dallas is normally hot at this time of year. And, you know, I can recall summers where there's two weeks or a week of 100 degree weather, 100 degrees straight. We haven't had that yet. Like it just, in my opinion, started getting hot where it makes it feel like, OK, this is summer and it's close to mid-July. And then I look on, you know, like the, the weather channel, I hear people in Vegas talking about they, you know, it's 119. I think I heard Brian Windhorst and talking about he had his tea time at six o'clock in the morning because it was so hot. And well, I could, t- I could just tell you right now that in the past week, my car has registered as high as 124, just to tell you, just to give you that idea. It's last week, it was really hot. And yeah, it's still, it's, it's, it's not like it's a cool winter breeze either. Yeah. Well, oh man, I'm not looking forward to being out there three weeks from now, at summer league. And I am because I'll be able to see you, my friend, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be there. It's just that. You know, when you're in the in the Thomas and Mac, they have the temperature at like 50 degrees in there. And as soon as you come outside, you get kicked in the face with that heat. So it's like two extremes. That's if it's working well. The TNM is an older building. Hopefully, a lot of the games will be played at the Cox Pavilion side, the smaller arena side attached that's to even the colder. TNM. Yeah, yeah, that's even colder. Or, you know, hopefully one of these days that the Summer League will move over to the brand new T-Mobile Arena where the, you know, obviously the Las Vegas Golden Knights play of, of the arena hockey. And hopefully maybe an NBA team will be there one day. But yeah, I'd love to see them play there instead. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. I mean, as many times as I've been Beautiful to Vegas arena. since it's been open, I haven't been. Um, and maybe, but then again, I, I'm sure UNLV wants all of their coins because they're making, they're making pretty good money. Summer League used to be like... $17 a day. Now it's like $35 or $40 a day. So I remember those days. Yes. You would go in there and there'd be maybe if you're lucky for a game that didn't involve the Lakers, maybe 
30, 40 people yeah. in the hole. Yeah, just it's, those days are long gone. Yeah, I blame 2017 Delonzo Ball years when it changed, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers fans ruined Summer League and LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball. I just remember that year. And Kyle Kuzma, got to remember. That was Kyle the year Kuzma, he broke yeah. up. Yep, yeah. yep. Zubox was on that team, too. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Caruso. Right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. All right, before we go into this long conversation about Las Vegas Summer League and the Lakers, I wanted to talk about the hot topic today regarding the NBA draft and Twitter. I listened to the episode. I know you listened to the episode. Dion on draft had some very interesting takes. And one, the main one was about Cade Cunningham. And I thought he had some very valid points. But the comparison to OJ Mayo. And then there was another one that kind of, it was another one that. Well, he said the the low end was OJ Mayo. I, I didn't know if you were going to divulge that on the show. I mean, pe- first people need to go ahead and check it out in context after they catch our show. Uh, and catch this program. They need to check out that one. But definitely the comparisons to OJ Mayo on the low end and then Jason Tatum on the high end was a very wide discrepancy on a ceiling and a floor. Yeah. Yeah, that was shocking. And then, you know, he had mentioned that he had Wiggins at number seven in 2014 and everyone was high on Wiggins. Uh, There was another one that he, I mean, I listened to it this morning. Well, calling yeah. Kelvin Garnett one of the top 10 players of all time. I thought that was like, uh, well, you know, you had reasoning, you had sound there, uh, you know, everything was very good, very, very well thought out. Then all of a sudden he's dropped that. I was like, eh, no. Yeah, that was, oh, it was before that one. Jalen Green. I don't think he was as high on Jalen Green no, as he others. Wasn't. Yeah. No. So I think J- he had him out of his top five. Uh, yeah. Cause he thought it was just a, a score and then that's it. There's not much left. He, he has different parameters from what a lot of other people, or a lot of other individuals out there are looking for in players. And some of it, again, what we, he was saying was very sound. And his opinion of Mobley is a very high one, to say yeah. the least. Uh, I still think with all these players, there's, there's still, even at the high end, when you talk about the top five and now the top six, because everybody's moved Scotty Barnes into their top six, that... There, there's flaws with each and every one of them, as there is with every single draft there is. I mean, very rarely are you going to get a LeBron James that's going to show up and you know already that guy's got greatness written all over him. You know, yeah, it just, I, it, there's just not that many drafts you're going to find that overall number one pick that's just going to, you know, it's just a can't miss. Yeah, and, but like the parameters, like you mentioned to me, were a little different. I know one of the things that he used to evaluate Cade was that his offensive rebounding percentage was lower than, you know, uh, I guess a bunch of guards in the last, I guess, like 15 drafts, since I think they're Carmelo draft or LeBron draft, as I should say. Yeah. And to me, it's like offensive rebounding percentage <laughs> for your for a guard. The game has changed. Most guards are supposed to get back on defense as soon as the shot goes up. But that's one of the things that I would never look at as a stat to evaluate is offensive rebound percentage for what I think is a lead guard. Yeah. And I just think with him, with Cunningham per se, not the not Neon, but Cunningham per se, I mean, you got to look at a lot, a lot of things. Yes, he does commit a lot of turnovers, but so much was asked of him at Oklahoma State 
Now, I disagree with him that Oklahoma State's supporting group is better than USC's because he used also, uh, USC was mm -hmm. also used an example. I thought USC's supporting group is a little bit better. I mean, that obviously played out in the tournament, and I think that should be the showcase for it because that's one of the reasons why I hesitate to put Mobley as a number one, although it's very close and he's extremely gifted, is because you know what happened in that tournament and just how he didn't dis it didn't assert himself at the right time and at the right moment and to me i think it's those some of those intangibles that you got to have for me to go ahead and say you know what you're definitely definitively a number one pick with cunningham he wanted to take on that pressure at all times and take on and just carry the team on his back you can see that you could feel that and that's the type of player you want on your team and with mobley i think he can get there and be more aggressive and get more strength and be that player. I think that everybody wants him to be, but I still think there's still a long way to go for him in that regards. But again, the talent is there. I mean, if you pick him number one, I cannot really argue with that as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's hard to, to go against Cade. Uh, I mean, everybody's opinion is a little bit different as far as the gap between Mobley and Cunningham. Some think it's a wide gap. They think Cade is in a tier of its own. And others think that it may be closer. I still am very, very curious to see what happens on draft night simply because we don't know what Houston's going to do at number two. We yeah. think that we're, we have a, a better idea of, of the d direction that Detroit is leaning in, even though they're being kind of tight-lipped about it and also saying that they're, at least the reports that are coming out, is that they are open to discussion. So only time will tell. Yeah. But that's why I have you on. I wanted to get your opinion and ask you, what areas do, would you like to see your Los Angeles Lakers address in this draft? They only have one pick. It's at number 22. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about a brand new segment from our partners at Michelob Ultra. And it is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Where am I supposed to do the ultra moment of the week. Either way, I am going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo as my player of the week and the moment of the week. It was less than, it seems like less than 10 days ago, we thought his season was over. His leg bent backwards. I did not watch the video. I saw the game. As soon as they went to the replay, saw him clutching his knee. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm not watching it. <laughs> so I didn't watch it. But based off of what I've heard, not what I know, but what I heard, his leg bent backwards. And game one of the finals, he, he looked good. I was amazed at how fearless he was. Game two and three, back-to-back 40-point -back games. And that is why Giannis deserves my not only my player of the week, but the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Because last game, he looked as dominant as I've ever seen him look. And then I can even make a case and say game two may have been the best game that I've seen him play. He was hitting jump shots, but both games, 41, 42 points, 14 of 23 from the floor. And the last game, the game before that, game two, 15 of 22. I've even starting to see some comparisons as like a Shaq-like dominance in the paint. That's a different subject. But again, I'm sure Giannis's performance has brought a lot of joy, happiness, and enjoyment to not only the fans in Milwaukee, but the fans in Athens. And go check out other exciting ultra moments with the hashtag ultra moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. 
enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. And once again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft with my guest, Gerald Glassford from the Lakers Fast Break. All right, let's get into the real reason why you're on the show. The first segment was not planned, but, you know, with, with the hot subject on Twitter today, Cade as number six, we had to discuss it. And now the Los Angeles Lakers, not too many people know the Lakers better than you. You literally do a podcast after every single Lakers game. So there were what, at least, I mean, including preseason, you did over a hundred games this year. Yes. What is the biggest area you want to see the Los Angeles Lakers address in the NBA draft? It's only one pick. So you have to try to, if, if it's a lot of holes, you got to try to knock it, you know, fill it with one particular player, or at least, you know, do a good job of filling that hole. But what is the main area you would like to see the Lakers address? The main area uh, I think of need is shooting. Uh, I think the, that's probably the thing that sticks out. The Lakers were very detrimental when it came to their three-point shooting across the board. Now, if the Lakers are picking at number 22 and eventually keep and ultimately keep that pick, goes through training camp and becomes a rotational player, I think that's what you're looking for at 22. You're looking for someone who can contribute for you right away because LeBron and 80s time, their window is now. LeBron's time is now. You cannot get a guard or a forward or a center that's going to be raw and take a couple, two, three, four years to develop. That can't happen for the Lakers. Their time and their window is now for a potential championship run. And that's something they have to strongly look at if they pick and ultimately keep a player. Now, mind you, if that's the case, they are probably going to go ahead and trade that player i mean that's a high probability or a high possibility that they would most likely trade that pick that number 22 pick you know they'd have to draft the pick first off and they have to keep him for at least 30 days but if they ultimately have an agreement in place with some other team then they would trade it but again if you keep the pick and you develop that pick that individual has to become a rotational player right away that depth is a great concern right now for the lakers at this point and shooting is the paramount need. It, it's weird because when I look at the Lakers roster, especially prior to the start of the season, I felt like they were one of the deepest, if not the deepest team in the league. There was a uh, lot of people that were excited about the moves that were made in free agency. I was, not, had, I was not one of them. I, you know, I know I heard that people saying, oh, the chasm between the Lakers and everybody else is huge. And I'm like, I didn't think so. I thought there are some signs that uh, things that they didn't fix. And one of those was shooting. I mean, last mm-hmm. year in the bubble, they got by without, and you and I were doing the post game shows each yeah. and every day, the outstanding defense that they could play covered up a lot of holes. Everybody was talking about, Oh, they need a third man. They need a third man. Their third man was their defense and their fast break. Their, their transitional defense, the way they picked up every time the other team wanted to go ahead on break and the way they could go ahead and fast break on their own plus provide some timely shooting, but mainly outstanding defense was the key to their success last season. And this year with the injuries, it just wasn't going to happen. And the depth that they didn't have that they thought they had. I mean, a lot of people thought getting Harrell, getting Gasol, getting ultimately picking up Drummond off the free agency wire after he was bought out, making those kind of moves was going to be the key to a back-to-back. And unfortunately, that was not the case. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things that a lot of people have underestimated was it was an outlier shooting bubble by Anthony Davis. He shot 38% from three in the bubble. And even like, I know it's a short, I mean, it's a short amount of games. It was like 21 games, 21 playoff games, not including the games um, prior to that. He shot 38% from three. The best year that he's had in his career was 34% from three. And, you know, I'm a Blazers fan, and I felt like every single three that AD shot, he made. And then I know he had a game-winning three against Denver, I believe. Uh, I remember it well. And so I feel like that also covered up some of the a lot of the Lakers' holes or or issues as far as shooting. So it was like a a perfect storm, in a sense, for L.A., which was much deserved after everything that the organization had went through a few months prior. But again, I thought that the Lakers improved their roster. I thought that, um, in my opinion, I felt like on paper they improved their roster. I thought the team could possibly be better. But I also felt like with Schroeder and Harrell both looking for long-term deals or better contracts. I know Montrez signed, but you know, at one point we thought he was going to sign for like $60 million. He ended up signing for like nine. And I think it's like a one, it's like a, is it a... It's his option to pick up. his option. So essentially it's a free agent year for him. And Schroeder, so I thought, okay, there's a potential that those guys could be looking to get a a bigger paycheck. That could be their highest priority. And then I thought there could be a chance that Gasol has that one year where he falls off a cliff and gets old. And... For Lakers fans, though, <laughs> like it was, it was the year that I mean, Dennis had his moments, but it seems like people have soured on him. LeBron and AD dealt injuries. It was just kind of like, I mean, it's just so many things back to back to back that that worked against the Lakers. Now, in your opinion, do you believe that they are going to keep the pick? It sounds like you're 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 leaning towards they may trade it. I am thinking that it's in the best interest of the team to trade that pick and bundle it for established players. Because again, it ultimately comes down to, do you want to commit to a team now that has a shorter window of better success? Uh, And with LeBron at 36 and AD as injury riddled as he is, and you know, he's prone to injury each and every year. We, you know, we joke about it on the time, you know, and you hear it all about on Twitter and things of that nature. In fact, there's a reason why AD committed to his four-year commitment that he did last summer is because he knows his own body better than anyone else. And he knows that he wasn't willing to gamble on his long-term future. So he committed to the four years straight up. And I think that was a big sign that, you know what, he knows how long he's, he has left to play in the NBA. So that tells me that right there that your window as a championship team with this crew, with those two, who are still very much at a level of top five, top 10 players in the NBA. Uh, You you know, you don't get that chance or opportunity to always have two individuals at their peak like that or close to their peak like that. And in doing so, you got to build a team around them that's capable of winning a championship. And that means you can't have a rookie just learning the ropes or during the playoffs. You know, are you, how many rookies actually make a considerable contribution in the playoffs, not very many. So right. you can't gamble with that. So what you can do is you can use those assets. You can use whatever contracts you have and that first round pick 
which you have to make by, by the way, but again, they can make for the team that they're trading with. So ultimately I think they are going to trade the pick. And if they do keep the pick, that's just a sign that they couldn't get a deal done with anyone. I see. I'm, I think, and we'll get to that in the next segment, but I think there are a couple of guys that could possibly come in and crack the rotation and help. I think of like, you know, at this time last year, we were high on Desmond Bain. He was one of the guys that I thought the Lakers should should look at. And then the pick was traded, but I thought he could have came in and helped the Lakers this year. So I think there's some guys that could possibly come in and help. But before we get into that, let's talk about today on the road to the finals. Our NBA finals coverage is brought to you by, once again, Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 cars and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season except if your team is gone. Well, I don't know. Maybe if your team is out of the playoffs, you can actually enjoy it. It's probably a lot stress-free. Watching the playoffs for your favorite team is stress-free, especially if you're, you know, even if you go up 2-0, then you lose that game three. And now you're worried, you think game four is the most important game of the series because you you can either go up 3-1 or tie 2-2 and you feel like anything can happen. So, it, it depends. Maybe when your team is long gone, you can probably enjoy it a little bit more. I know Suns fans are probably enjoying this, but they have to be stressed about tonight's game, which by the time this episode airs, you guys will know who won game four. And I also want to talk to you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now literally impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why go to a physical store, old chain auto parts store, when you can go to rockauto.com, you can save time and money. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers. I would say like myself, but I don't do anything with the car. I just take it somewhere else because I know I'd mess it up. But Rock Auto has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So if your kid is spilling ice cream in the car, you can go to Rock Auto and get some new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for all of your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they'll know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I want to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. They just had the home run derby last night. But you can track all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball. What's left of the NBA season next year NHL and you know NBA next season including UFC and MMA action before the next pitch since baseball is the only sport going on right now outside of basketball head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your team's prepare for next season <laughs> unless you're the suns or the bucks or a baseball fan but head to the website use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts promo code 
Locked On. All right, my guest, Gerald Glassford from the Lakers Fast Break. And now the final segment, and I'm putting him on the hot seat. I know he's done his mock draft, and now I just want to hear some players that he thinks or believes can help the Lakers if they keep the pick. When I came up with the topic for this particular episode, I don't know how, but I did not once consider that the Lakers may move this pick. So in case they don't move it, who are some players that you believe could come in and possibly contribute right away and help the Lakers win a championship? Well, if he falls down this low, I think this would be an outstanding pick. Who is someone that can contribute and is ready to play and can make a contribution is Chris Huarte of Oregon. 6'6", good size, excellent shooter. And take smart shots because he's not just the 42% from the three-point area that you see. It's the 53% overall that really gets me. That tells me he takes smart shots. He doesn't take crazy shots, something, you know, that's wild or just really inappropriate for what they're doing. A really smart player, very heady, plays good team defense, you know, very good on steals, highly recommended. But again, he, he's a player that has to contribute now at his age, 24, going on 25 very soon. Yeah, if there, were, if there was one player that I feel like would be best for the Lakers that can come in and contribute right away, it is Duarte. But I'm a Blazers fan. So I don't know if I want him to go to the Lakers and contribute right away, but I think he is an ideal fit for the Lakers. Not only their what the, what they need, you can also say their timeline. He's yeah. not going to lead a, need a lot of development. He should be able to come in, plug and play. He was efficient, and yeah, I, I just think that that is probably like if there was one perfect match, even if you went like all the way down the roster, all the way down, sorry, the first round picks. Like even Cade Cunningham. Cade is obviously a a, a more talent, more upside. Yeah. And he can't shoot the ball. He did shoot over 40% from three, but his best, he's best suited to have the ball in his hands. I mean, you can go all the way down the list. If there are one player that I feel like you can plug and play with the Lakers and it is a seamless fit, it would be either Duarte or Corey Kispert. I don't expect Kispert to be available in this range, and really, I think it's it's kind of crazy that Duarte is because the numbers in the game all say he's a lottery pick. But the reason why he's projected to fall this far is just because of his birthday. And yeah. teams may not think he has this, this great upside. And we've gotten to this point now in the draft where upside is more important than what you see. So, you know, in my opinion, a guy like Duarte should not be – expected to be drafted below someone like Zaire Williams. That's just my opinion. All right. Well, when it comes to a player like that, people are looking long-terms and yeah. long-term for Zaire Williams is a potential star. His ceiling, you know, if he hits it, is a star player. The ceiling for Chris Duarte at 24, almost 25 now is not that high just a, a good rotation player. And I think that's probably the, what, you know, what you're getting at that point in time, what you're looking at for most of these players in that range. And if that's the case, I think that's what you need to look at. But for some of these teams they are still looking for that potential. And yeah. when you're investing millions of dollars, they, they're not sure. An owner's going to say, okay, well, you got this guy. You, 
he's going to be a rotational player at best. Was that really the right move for you to make? Well, I mean, it just depends on how many general managers have that type of security. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think Palenka does yeah. to where he could, but his security may not fit with the timeline of his best players. Absolutely. And if you want AD, well, the things that we're hearing and, and rumor bills that we're hearing is that AD and LeBron are more receptive about playing more consistently during the season than number four and number five spot. If that's the case, that changes the options on what you're looking for in a, to team up with them as far as the rest of the starting lineup and also your depth is concerned. Yeah, I felt like they added too many bigs last summer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, is there another player that you think could come in that is realistically in that range? You know, if, if this were Laker time, it's not a shout out to Laker time, but Laker time would probably have like Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, and he'd have some scenario where you can trade Kuzma. <laughs> <laughs> and Kuzma get Lonzo and Ball, get Lonzo Ball at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I have to always say realistically because I mean, Laker time is great. I, I love reading his posts, but sometimes they are just totally totally unrealistic I but agree. i mean it's uh that that's that's the beauty of you know being able to put your own stuff out there and have an opinion because even though it sounds unrealistic and i believe it's totally unrealistic he finds a way to make the numbers match and he overvalues kuzma or whoever to get the lakers this third hall of fame level player absolutely kuzma kuzma for simmons straight up that would all just it would work gerald it would work and i hear this all the time on the show and it's like uh, no, no, no shout out to laker tom shout out so to laker tom. realistically good man. good man is there another player that you think could come in and possibly contribute the probably the individual I would go for next uh, with some good size. Again, this is all contingent on if LeBron is more receptive uh, as being a number four more often, but also, you know, give him the choice to handle the ball whenever he wants and play make whenever he wants. And then AD being the number five, but I would love to see if that's the case. And Duarte is already gone and you decide to keep the pick Trey Murphy being someone that I, I'm really looking more and more video on him. Great shooter, uh, you know, really solid defender, someone that could play the number three spot alongside them, give them good size, give them good length, and be someone on the wing that they could probably depend on hitting some shots. Yeah, Trey Murphy, 6'9", wing. I mean, I think he can play three or four. I mean, I've seen some people say that they think he can play some two. But just, I mean, when you just look at his numbers, the raw numbers, he had the the 50-40-90 season, which is like the, I get it, it's, it's the benchmark of efficiency. It's like the epitome of what every shooter strives for, and that is 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. He reached that, shot 50% from the floor, 43% from three, and nearly 93% from the foul line. I agree 100%. I think he is a plug-and-play guy. Doesn't necessarily need to have the ball in his hands. Doesn't need to massage the ball, catch, shoot, knock on open shots, keep the pressure off LeBron AD. Is a perfect complimentary player. And I think that he's ready to come in and contribute right away. He's 21, but I think he has a maturity to his game that will allow him to be a contributor. And so that's why I think that 
the Lakers should, I mean, of course they're doing their due diligence, due diligence on, on the picks, but I think that they can find a contributor late in the draft. I mean, this draft is, I think is pretty deep and you can find someone, like I said, that can come in and contribute and you don't have to make a blockbuster trade. I still think that because it's LA, because it's LeBron, because it's AD, you're going to be able to get some high level player at a discount, whether it's Kyle Lowry or, Whoever, I think that they should be able to find somebody to come in and take a major pay cut to put on the Lakers gold. Is there one more player that you think that could come in and contribute? There's probably one more I would probably say would be Quentin Grimes, a junior from Houston, coming out, good shooter, but a little bit more of a playmaker. I think he has the ability to go ahead and have those moments where he can take over or if LeBron goes to the bench, be able to go ahead and get by as far as being able to put the ball in his hands and say, go create and go make some shots and go get your teammates involved. I think Quentin Grimes can be an individual that could develop into that type of player. I think he is shot is good enough to go ahead and develop to the next level. I think he's someone that is, is also someone in that area that that teams are looking at as far as being someone that can contribute sooner rather than later. Yep. Now, would you address the need for, I, so would you focus strictly on wings? Would you look to add like another, like a, a point guard that can knock down open shots? Or what about a stretch big? That seems like that's one area that the Lakers don't have outside of AD. Well, you're not going to be able to find one at 22, I don't think, unless you want one that's not going to be as athletic as, as someone that may be able to be played off the floor. I mean, there there's a two or three big men who can shoot the ball, but the problem is they won't be able to do so if they're sitting on the bench in, in critical times for you because they just don't have the athleticism to keep up with, as we're seeing in the finals now. I mean, if you don't have a big man that can guard those guards when they get switched on, they're just going to get played off the floor. So you have to be very careful about the big men that you do get. And if they're a stretch big, that they can play defense. With me, I'm, I'm looking at someone in the guard forward area. If there's a point guard that can play make, because that's something of also dire need for the team, when LeBron is not in there or LeBron wants to go ahead and take a possession or two off, <laughs> you know, he, he just a playmaker that could be out there that can, can help contribute would be also very beneficial, but he has to also be able to play off the ball and shoot consistently. And I don't, again, I don't know if that's going to be there at 22 as well. Yep. There's one guy that I think could possibly contribute. I don't know about during the playoffs, but I think he could be a, 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 a decent factor for them. I haven't really seen his name at 22. A lot of people say it's high, but it's Philip Petrusev from uh, Petra. Uh, Patrusive, yes. Patrusive. Love the kid. Absolutely love the kid. He was he's on my original big board mm -hmm. in my top 30. And as someone who in a very limited amount did shoot well from the outside, has played overseas, but also remember he played uh, for Gonzaga. a season at Gazaga. So yep. he's been used to playing at a high level in front of the all cameras and things of that nature. So to me, I think he would be an outstanding choice. The question is how good is he on the defensive end as regards to that how how much would he be exploited by let's say like a chris paul would you know in the pick and roll 
where he find himself like Zubats was. And I, I love Ivica Zubats, but the thing is, you know, those big guys, they get in the, when it comes down right there in the playoffs, that's what's concerned me. But I would love to see him maybe late first round, early second. I had him targeted right around that early second round myself. So he, and as someone who can, in a small sample size, look like he can hit from the outside at three point, he could be that stretch big five. That could be a sneaky pick for someone out there. I, I really like him. Yeah. I thought the strides that he made as a shooter, he didn't really show a lot of range. Cause he played inside at Gun- yeah, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And then when I watched his film this year and he really, so his film at, at mega, what, I mean, the team is mega and every year they have a different sponsor. <laughs> so I just say mega. He did a lot of pick and pop. They had two bigs. So he did a lot of pick and pop and he shot over 40% from three. Great then, inside. Great, great inside. And he showed that this, um, and during the, the FIBA qualifiers, which I still can't believe Serbia lost to Italy. And while he was playing with uh, Tia Dosic, he was mostly used as a role man. And he was crazy, crazy efficient from the floor. I think he shot like, I don't know, it was almost like 80%, something like that as the role man. And maybe it was even higher. I think maybe like nine, I don't know, something crazy. But it was a totally different role that he played on his team in Serbia where he was mostly used as a pick and pop guy. We all knew that he could score inside, but adding that three-point shot, I think is going to definitely help him out long-term. A lot of people say it's a reach at 22, but I think having a stretch big, is something that the Lakers definitely should look to address this season because they don't have one. Now, if AD, yeah. you know, decides to play the five, then, I mean, I don't know if you want to call him a stretch big, even though he shot, he was a stretch big during the, the, the championship run. He's a threat. He can space the floor. I mean, AD can do almost anything on the basketball court except play 82 games. But I think having a backup, that that is a, a specialist that can knock down open shots definitely will make life easier keep the lakers or, or ad and Braun fresher during the regular season now the the minutes may get you know they may get cut in half during the playoffs but i think it'll be a welcome addition it was just concerning though uh, when his name in recent weeks was mentioned among the top international prospects and I was, I, I wasn't seeing the, the, the connection between that. I wasn't seeing how could people not say and see everything that I'm seeing and, and say that he's not in their top 30, in their top 40, even in their top 50 in, in some cases. And I thought that was kind of concerning because you're right. He does have a lot of, of great things, Dad. He can play inside, can do a great job role, can, can play, he's a great, good rebounder and again he has that that shot from the outside that teams really covet and i was I, I wasn't seeing the disconnect between you know where i put him or what i first thought of him and where everybody else was thinking so i was kind of concerned so i'm glad to hear you say that you you also have a feeling that he should be somewhere not like i said uh, maybe in the high the low 20s like you said but maybe somewhere at the end of the first round you know somewhere high in the second round that he can be someone that can contribute in the league. I, I'm highly encouraged that you said that. Well, I mean, honestly, just being a 100% honest, a lot of people do not watch or pay attention to international basketball. And the biggest example of that for me has been, and I've been talking about this kid for months, Vrenz Blindberg. He's 6'10", handles the ball, shot the ball at a decent clip. I've been talking about him since December. 
And he was he was not on anybody's board, not a single person's board. I talked to Chad Ford maybe three weeks ago. When I talked to Chad about it, he was like, nah, you know, Chad gets his information from GM. So his his a lot of his big board is based off of the information that he's getting from, you know, decision makers. And he said Vren's name wasn't on a lot of lists. Vrenz gets invited to Minnesota. He thought he was coming to the States for maybe a week or so. And I just talked to him today. He has 13 work. He'll have 13 workouts, which means that he's obviously doing really well in these workouts, but everybody missed the ball on that. So I'm not sitting here saying that I'm like this expert or anything like that, but it just shows me that maybe it's because of the pandemic that a lot of scouts can get a chance to watch guys, you know, live. So and maybe people just haven't been paying attention. I know Renz is from Belgium and, you know, nobody's watching out for Belgian basketball. But in, in uh, Petrusev's case, he's coming from Mega. And Mega has a history of producing NBA-level players. I mean, Jokic played there. Yeah. And you can – I would love to see it. And I saw it maybe a few years ago. As far as draft picks, first and second round draft picks in like the last, I want to say maybe like five years, you can go from every NCAA school and then you can add that program Mega and Mega is probably like right behind like Kentucky. That's how many guys that they've had drafted. Not not a lot of them end up coming over, but it is a very, very respected, uh, you know, uh, club that produces talent and he's just falling under the radar. So very interesting to me, but that's why we're we're like you're my guy because we saw the same thing. Absolutely, reminds and, me a lot of Poku in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. But I mean, even in Poku's case, he wasn't really playing; he was playing second division. Yeah, so I could kind of see how he could fall under the cracks. I'm not a hundred percent for sure, but it also it kind of feels like maybe Olympiacos was kind of hiding him; they didn't necessarily want him to 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 play or whatever. But that's a that's you know, in in last that's last year's last year's news. But before we sign out, where can the listeners find you? First off, one last shout out to at Laker Tom on Twitter. I mean, he's got some crazy trades out there. I don't want to say Ben Simmons versus uh, you know Kyle Kuzma straight up is it's something he's talked about constantly mind you but he still has some crazy <laughs> trades out there that so but he's always great for a conversation and he loves the lakers so big shout out to him one one last time but if you want to check out what he's doing it's at lakerholics.com i will be dropping my mock draft 3.0 on friday at lakerholics.com to give everybody a shout out but for what i do on a regular basis lakers fast break best place to go for lakers and also nba related podcasts for anybody out there that's a lakers fan Check it out, Lakers Fast Break, where we get your podcast. Plus, I also do on the side every Monday and Friday. We cover the latest news and trends in pop culture on the Pop Culture Cosmos. That's available on 50 radio stations worldwide and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been someone that's been very, very instrumental in helping me launch my podcast career. Gerald Glasser from the Lakers Fast Fast Break. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. But that wraps it up. But before I leave, starting on July 19th, we will be doing the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It is presented by Locked On and Odyssey. He'll be featuring analysis from the GOAT, 
of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford. If you don't know what GOAT means, greatest of all time. And Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former NBA general manager, Ryan McDonough. Our locked on NBA experts will make the selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcast music, and the news that matters to you. That is Odyssey. And we are out.